Two weeks ago, we uh, considered a disturbing passage of Scripture. I like disturbing passages of Scripture. They make me think. They, they bother me, and that's how you find out about it. If it bothers me, uh, then I'm going to share it with you because I think it ought to bother you. And it was that passage of Scripture from Mark chapter 7, verse 23, where Jesus said, you know, it's not what a man eats, what he puts in his body, that defiles him. He, he, he gave a long list of things, starting with evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, all these other things. He said, all of these things are what come out of the heart, and what comes out of the heart are what pollute you and make you unfit for God. That really disturbed me. It says defile you, and then I began to look in other translations to try to find out what defiled meant, and and it means simply to be unfit for God. I don't want to be unfit for God. I don't know about you. The following Sunday, we looked at uh, the story of the Canaanite woman, uh, a needy woman, but an undeserving woman, because uh, she was unfit for God, and she came to Jesus in her need, and as she was, and she fell at the feet of Jesus, asking for just a crumb of his mercy. Both of those stories come from the Gospel of Mark, who writes his Gospel to help us understand how people like you and me, who are in some way unfit or unclean, can be helped by the Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning I'd like to show you one more story, an amazing story, of a person who came to Jesus in his need, in a state of being unclean and unfit for God, And how Jesus helped him. So if you'd open your Bible to the Gospel of Mark, we're going to look at chapter 1. By the way, I didn't know until some time ago, some few months ago, that the Gospel of Mark really was written to Gentiles. And if you want to see how that works out in the story, in the Gospel, just look at all the Gentiles who encountered him. By the way, in the Gospel of Mark, the only person who ever calls Jesus the Son of God was a Gentile. A Gentile dog. You remember the lady we looked at, the Canaanite woman? She was, the Gentiles were considered by the Jews to be dogs. And so Jesus said, you know, it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs, the puppies under the table. And she was the one who said, yes, but even people like me, even the puppies like to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. So today you two like this person we're going to look at, might feel so unclean, so unfit, so unworthy as you come to church here today. But the good news is that Jesus has mercy and grace enough for you to help you in your time of need. Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through verse 42. That's all I'll read of this passage. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him, And falling on his knees before him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. Now, that's not very many verses, but what I'd like to do is I'd like to take the title of my story from the request of the man to Jesus. He said, Lord, if you are willing... You can make me clean. I'd like you to think about that as it would relate to your own heart and life today. And as we talk about the man in this story, 
I want you to understand that, that his story is also your story. It's my story. So as it unfolds, I hope you will find yourself, your need, and your help and hope between the lines of this story and at the feet of Jesus. So we have uh, seven or eight points in this message. They're going to go quickly. I know that sounds long, but we're going to breeze through it. The first one, I want you to consider his desperate disease. There were two kinds of leprosy in the Old Testament. One was no more than a very bad skin disease. The other started with a, a very small spot that ate away flesh until the person was left with only the stump of a hand or a leg, pieces of their ears, their nose. They were just, their flesh would just fall off, and it was literally a living death. In the Bible, leprosy is often used as a symbol for sin. It was a disease, and it was in this man's life, but it's also a picture for us of how a person's soul can be eaten up with sin. It's good sometimes to take one story in one gospel and compare it to another gospel. So if you look at this story in the gospel of Mark and then you open the gospel of Luke to Luke chapter 5, Luke also tells this story. Now the way Luke tells stuff is interesting because Luke was a physician. He was a medical doctor and, and he paid special note to diseases and, and usually gives us a little more information than other people do about the subject. And so he knew what was possible for an earthly doctor and what wasn't possible. And as he described this man, he described him as a hopeless cause. Luke uses a phrase that describes the man as full of leprosy, full of leprosy. He was covered with it. It was a complete case. And the word that Luke uses means filled in every part, thoroughly permeated. So from the perspective of Luke, who was a doctor, he was, he was hopeless and he was helpless. His case would have been visually disturbing if you had walked up on him and repulsive due to the state of his condition. The law, uh, the Old Testament law, did not allow him to touch anyone or for anyone else to touch him. In his condition, eaten up as he was with leprosy, no one would have wanted to touch him or to be near him. So Luke paints a picture for us of this man as a pitiful sight. And that might be you as God sees you in your own spiritual condition. Or that might be you as you see yourself. Or as you think others see you. You find yourself covered with sin, full of it, foul with it, past help and past hope, unclean and in a state of being unfit for God. His disease was leprosy. Your desperate disease is sin. So second, we want to consider his desperate decision. The Bible says that this leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him. Luke uses a different word that means to beg from a position of great need. Most of us have some personal sensibility about how we look. If you look at the top of my, my head, I'm glad it's on the top of my head and not on my face because... Uh, about 90% of you, unless I bend over, are not going to see the top of my head. I don't see it. I can't see it unless I look in the mirror. I went to the dermatologist this week, and man, he did a job on the top of my head and froze off all sorts of variety of stuff. 
I don't even know what all was up there, but he left it sort of sore. If he'd put all that on my face where I could see it when I looked in the mirror, I probably would have stayed home today. You know, we all have sensibilities like that. We don't want anybody to see us like that. So imagine this man's sensitivity about how he looked. And when a leper in the Bible approached anyone, he was required to pronounce his presence with this cry, unclean, unclean. That's how he had to see himself, and that's how others viewed him. He was defiled, not to be touched. He was unfit for fellowship with other men, and because of his condition, he was unfit for fellowship with God. And yet, he comes out of the shadows. We sang that this morning as I thought about it. I already had it in this message, Brother Doug. I didn't know you were going to sing, uh, uh, shine, Jesus, shine, out of the shadows into your radiance. And so he came out of the shadows, approaching Jesus Falling at his feet and begging, the crowd likely dispersed to a safe distance, not wanting to risk defilement or worse, contracting the disease that now so completely covered him. You say, well, I, surely people didn't act like that in those days. Doug came in this morning and he told me, I was making coffee in the kitchen and he said, I've been sick this week. I thought he had the stomach virus that everybody else had, and so I was already backing up. You know, we'd still do that today. We back up from people if we think they've got something that we don't want, we uh, withdraw from them. You can imagine how they probably treated him. So this man was moved by his desperation to come to Jesus. It was a decision that he made, and it's a decision that maybe some of you need to make today. You need to come and kneel at this altar, and by coming here, Place yourself at the feet of Jesus, coming out of the shadows into the radiance of the Lord Jesus Christ, making a desperate decision to come to Jesus. Third, we want to look at his desperate desire. What was it he wanted as he placed himself at the feet of Jesus? What was it that he needed? What was it that he felt Jesus could do for him that nobody else could do? He wanted to be clean. Now that word uh, meant much more to him than it does to us. And I want to explain a little bit about that, and that's going to be the emphasis before we finish. What he meant by, by saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You probably have an idea about what that means, but we're going to explore it a little bit. I want to remind you that his condition separated him from every relationship he had in his life. By law, he had to live separate from his family, separate from his community, and worst of all, separate from God. He was unclean, unfit for God, unfit for fellowship with anyone who loved him or who he loved. That's how it is with the contamination of sin. You already know it perhaps in your own life or you've seen it. The contamination of sin breaks up families. It breaks up relationships of all kind. It breaks our relationship with God, leaving us unfit for his fellowship. And maybe as you sit in this service today, or as you listen to this sermon, you feel an affinity with this man in his desperation, but especially for the deep desire of his heart. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Fourth, consider his desperate faith. He came to Jesus. And why in the world did he come to Jesus? Well, he came to Jesus because no one else could do what needed to be done in his life. There was no other help and no other hope. And it's still a fact today that a person is unlikely to come to Jesus until you've come to the end of your own self, the end of all other helpers and all other hope. 
you'll look, until then you'll look everywhere but to Jesus. Now, I don't know how many remedies the man might have tried or what else he might have turned to previously, but now, full of leprosy, covered as he was, in the last stages of this dread disease that cut him off from home and heaven, in a step of desperate faith, he came to Jesus. Is that a step that you need to take this morning? Uh, why might you need to turn to Jesus? Well, I can tell you why very quickly, because nothing else and no one else can help you in your need. So we see that in verse 40, a leper came to him, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So fifth, I want you to consider our Lord's deep compassion because the Bible says in verse 41 that Jesus was moved with compassion. Others, I remind you, were moved by revulsion. They got out of the way, but Jesus was moved with compassion. Did you know the devil always tells you a little bit of the truth? The devil will tell you that you are unclean. The devil will tell you that you are unfit for God. The devil will tell you that you are unfit for God's fellowship. He will tell you that you are unfit for God's service. He will tell you that you are unfit for heaven. And all of that might be true. But if he ever tells you that you are too far gone, that you are so full of sin, so eaten up with it, so defiled by it that Jesus can't or won't help you, he is telling a lie. When Jesus saw this man at his feet, he was moved with compassion. I like this word uh, in the New Testament because it means more than he felt sorry for him. It means that his stomach churned on the inside. He was so moved by this man's desperate need. You'll find that same deep compassion at the feet of Jesus if you come there today. You will find mercy at the feet of Jesus. You can still find grace to help in your time of need. Don't let the devil talk you out of coming to Jesus based on the fact of your personal uncleanness. You'll find compassion at Jesus' feet. Sixth, consider our Lord's decisive touch. Verse 41, moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Time removes us from what a remarkable moment that was. This man was not to be touched. He was untouchable based on the nature of his disease. To touch him incidentally or accidentally made the person who touched him defile. But Jesus with decisive compassion stretched out his hand. This was no incidental or accidental touch. It was personal. It was powerful. Jesus did the unthinkable when he touched the untouchable. He stretched out his hand and touched him. Not a person in that town was willing to do that. Not a person who knew him or loved him was willing to touch him. He didn't even ask Jesus to touch him. But Jesus was so moved with compassion that he stretched out his hand and he touched him. And that in itself had to mean so much to that man that human touch of somebody who cared remember what he asked for he said lord if you are willing if you're willing lord you can make me clean now next consider the divine will for the defile that's number seven that means we're only one point away from the end so hang on I remind you, this is not just a story about a man who was a leper in the days of Jesus. None of these stories in the Bible are stories about the past. They are, 
practically speaking. But as far as we're concerned, this is our story. This is your story, and it's my story. What is God's will for you? What is his will for you in your need? What if that need is some defilement caused by your sin? What if it's so bad that everybody knows about it? What if it makes you so unclean and unfit that nobody wants to be around you, not even your family? And what if it so overwhelms you and enslaves you that you feel helpless and hopeless to do anything about it? What is God's will for you in your circumstances? The man said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. How did Jesus respond? What did he say? First, he was moved with compassion. Next, he stretched out his hand and touched the man. Then he said, I am willing. Be cleansed. That's good news for all of us in our own personal defilement, in our uncleanness, whatever the state of it might be. We can say to Jesus, Lord, if you are willing, and Jesus can say there's no doubt about whether or not I'm willing. I am willing. And then he said, be cleansed. Is Jesus willing to do that for you? Yes, he is. He's the only one who can. Finally, we see how this desperate man was delivered. Now, how significant is what happened here in this story? What is the magnitude of this miracle? Well, the Bible says in verse 42, and verse 42 is important, it says, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Now, let me give you a little bit of background on the law of the leper. It's in chapter 13 and chapter 14 of Leviticus. It's long and involved and hard to understand. And I had to go back last night and do a little bit more research because I had it a little bit wrong in what I was going to tell you. I want to make sure I get it right. When a man was in advanced stage of leprosy such as this man was in, when he was covered with it under certain circumstances, the priest could pronounce the man clean. In other words, he might be covered with it. He's not going to get any better, but he's not getting any worse. It's sort of stuck and it's all dried up and it looks like it's, he's just full of it. The priest could pronounce him clean. The man could go home. But the Bible says that leprosy could come back. An open sore could appear again on his body, and when it did, he was considered unclean again, and again he was separated from all who loved him. That man was full of leprosy, according to Dr. Luke. His body was completely permeated with it. He might go to the priest, and the priest under that circumstance or some circumstance might pronounce him clean. The priest could do that. He could pronounce him clean. You're clean for now, but it might come back. It, was just, it would just mean he was in remission. The disease might return. This man wanted more than that. So when he came to Jesus, he said something quite remarkable. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Do you see the difference? He wanted to be well, he wanted to be whole. He was saying, Lord, I know who you are. I also know who I am. I know I am unclean. I am unfit that I am a dying man in a helpless and hopeless state. 
But I also know that if you are willing, there is no question about your power. You can do what nobody else can do. You can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. Now, don't assume you know what the last verse says. Verse 42. You need to look at it carefully. Because the Bible says immediately... The leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Now, what does that mean? Well, it says like a demon leaving his body, it was gone. It left. He was covered with it, eaten up with it, dying from it. He fell at Jesus' feet and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was moved with compassion, said, I am willing be cleansed, and the leprosy left, the disease was gone, the defilement was gone, what held him captive for years. From that he was now free. He was not just pronounced clean, he was clean. He was fit for fellowship with men. He was fit for fellowship with God. He was fit for service. He was fit for heaven, all at the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that what needs to happen to you? Can Jesus work a similar deliverance in your life? Look, All of us can say, I've got sin problems in my life. And I battle those sin problems. And sometimes I feel like I come maybe down the aisle and I pray with the pastor. And the pastor says, prays and says, Lord, forgive this person. And I feel forgiven. I feel cleansed for that moment. But I don't feel like it's gone. I feel like it's going to come back. I feel like it's going to break out on me somewhere else. And it often does. It breaks out on me over and over and over so that I'm never completely free of the contamination of sin in my life. We have not yet come to the point of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that this man had when he came to Jesus and said, Lord, you can do more than just pronounce me clean for the moment, or clean for a day, or clean for a week, or clean for a month, or clean for a year. Lord, if you're willing, you can take this away from me. You can make me clean. I want to ask you a question. Is that what needs to happen in your life? You need a touch of the Lord Jesus Christ in you that will deliver you from whatever demon it is in your life. Deliver you from whatever it is that continually time after time breaks out on you and defiles you and makes you unfit for God. What is your need? How deep is it? How dark is it? How related is it to the sin and defilement in your own life? And how desperately do you want to be clean? Let's pray.